What a moment. What a moment for Taylor Davis. First major league home run. Quick little Friday episode on Show and Go with Taylor Davis. And uh, we've got a, a notable player. And uh, when right, a top five, top three talent in all of baseball in Fernando Tatis Jr. on the field. We can talk about like the certain ranking, whether you think he's a top seven player, a top nine player, wherever he is. Just know that this guy is awesome, and he is a 30-30 or 40-40 threat whenever he steps on the field. But Fernando Tatis Jr. was suspended for, uh, was it an 80-game suspension for for PED use, Taylor? Um, Is it only 80? Yeah, because he played last year. Because he played last year. He had a good year until he... No, he didn't play last year. Remember, he had the motorcycle crash. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, I think it was 80. I think it was 80 games. I think he got an 80 game suspension. Um, so, you know, this guy is coming back from a PED suspension. And, and this is the most notable name that we have seen get dinged for PEDs during his playing career since. I don't know. I mean, I think it's more, I think it's more prominent than, than Ryan Braun. You're probably in a similar boat, um, kind of a where they were in their situations, um, probably as, as D. Strange Gordon. Um, I think D was was close to a batting title. I know they're different players completely, but as far as um, you know, that was concerned, I feel like he was a rather big uh, piece of the game. Now, like you said, he wasn't a top five player, so no, not him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't – Robinson can know. But, like, even Robinson Cano was already on his downfall. Like, this would be Robinson Cano testing positive in New York. Yeah. And even then, like, it may not be Tatis level. Because this guy is a perennial MVP candidate, and you're getting in on the ground floor. He's 23 years old. So, you know, this is a really unique situation. A situation that I'm not sure we've ever seen before. And you've got so many kids, you know, before I was in Indianapolis calling games, I was in Fort Wayne calling games. And Fernando Tatis Jr., when he was a teenager, was in Fort Wayne in 2017. And he was, you know, incredible at the low A level. And everybody loved Tatis. And I was there in 2021. He had that massive breakout. Um, you know, like I saw so many Fort Wayne Tin Caps Tatis jerseys. And I saw so many Padres Tatis jerseys. And You ask somebody living in Kansas City, Missouri, or New York City, or San Diego, or, I mean, hell, if there are baseball fans in Rome, Italy, like, chances are, in 2021, Fernando Tatis Jr. was one of of their favorite players. This is a guy that was taking over the game, and then all of a sudden, you've got that wrist fracture from the motorcycle accident, and then a failed drug test. I mean, this guy is, is an insane talent. Um... Just following the narrative, like what's your takeaway on this guy's narrative? And then we'll get to the overall drug suspension, steroid use conversation. I think one other thing that's really interesting is that he was one of the the best marketed players um, that MLB has used. Um, I think there was a clear reason for that. He played the game fun. He was exciting to watch and he was extremely, extremely talented. Uh, But I do think that it was a it was a a guy that baseball really focused on. And I think that that kind of bit him in the butt because he was a guy that when focused on, 
gets in trouble. Um, and that's a really interesting point because I had never really thought about that until you just said it that, um, yeah, like he's as prominent a player as we've had at that young of an age um, for what he was doing on the field at that time. I mean, you know, he was playing as good as anybody in baseball. There is an argument to be made to put him in your lineup if you are any team in baseball. Um the interesting thing to be for me will be like, how does MLB treat it? How does the marketing treat it? How do fans treat Fernando Tatis? You know, I think the big thing that we that you and me talk about is there are so many, even within the game, even from you talking to players, like there are so many different thoughts on steroids. There just are. Um, there are plenty of guys. I'll tell you this right now. When I first signed professionally, I kind of was neither here nor there about it. Um, I didn't. Obviously, I never did them. Uh, but you know what I ever always told everybody? My mom always told me she'd be really mad at me if I took steroids. And I think that's the only reason I never took steroids. It's because my mom told me that uh, she'd be really mad at me so I didn't do it. But there are there are so many. Um, I, I, always, I always went in the game and thought of it as like, man, you know, like you're taking a risk on yourself. Yeah. Like you're taking a health risk. Obviously, you're taking a a risk to get suspended. There's all types of stuff that could happen here. So you're taking a risk. So I don't know that I'm going to really fault you for that um, because you've just determined that the risk is worth the reward. And for most people, it has shown to be. And I think that as time has gone on, we have found out that players get frustrated because it doesn't seem like other players get punished hard enough. And we're not saying that not missing a year isn't a tough thing to do. Missing a year of income is not is a tough thing for anybody. Now, I'll tell you, it'll be easier for Fernando Tatis because he just made $350 million. So it's a little bit easier for him to miss a year of income with that kind of guarantee in the future. But the reality is the biggest downside to testing positive to steroids is, is looking at your teammates and it's looking at your competitors yeah. and it's those guys knowing that you cheated. Um, like I said, when I first got in, I was a guy that believed that was a risk for you. The more and more that I've gone on, I see how unfair that is because you are now asking others to make that decision also. Yeah. Because for them to be at your level, they have to make that decision. Where the funny thing is the early argument that you'll hear from the older the older group that started the steroid era was, well, if I wanted to if I wanted to be a part of this, I had to do it because so many people were already doing it at that time because it wasn't illegal. Um, And now it's almost like the opposite. And so you're trying to like re it's almost like you're trying to recreate that thought if you're taking them. And that's a tough thing to do. Yeah. I I think there are a couple of different pools of guys that take them Um, based on just public record. Who's gotten popped, who's got suspended at the major league level since the height of the steroid era. And and pool one is the one that Fernando Tatis Jr. and Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and Roger Clemens fall into, right? They are the Hall of Fame talents that turn superhuman because of the juice. Um, They are the ones that enhance from an A-grade player to an A-plus all-time athlete. I think that's pool one. I think pool two... Are the guys that get popped a lot more than many casual baseball fans would expect? You see several minor leaguers 
get suspended, I want to say on a yearly basis for mm-hmm. for taking performance enhancing drugs. These guys are trying to get to the big league level. They think chemically enhancing their on-field output will help them speed up that process and help them make money for their family. And that's the one that I sympathize with the most. You're trying to get there. You're trying to get that 40-man money. You're trying to get that big league service time because that is life-changing money for you and your family. Those are the guys that I really feel for. Um, And then you've got guys that are middling that are trying to find this form to stay at the big league level. And Yasmani Grandal getting popped jumps out like that. Wellington Castillo, another guy that kind of jumps out like that. Pedro Severino just served a drug suspension last year. That's a guy that that jumps out like that. So I think that there are guys that fall in to those three buckets, and you probably have experience with all three of those walks. Absolutely. Um, you know, the superstar one is definitely an interesting one. You know, I uh, I question there. I guess I got a run, got a runaway dog on the street. It's a cute dog, though. <laughs> Um, I got a, hi, I got, I, I kind of, you know, the thing that I got is that like, I think most of those are all based around becoming a superstar. So like even the superstars want to be better. I think that's all based around that. Um, I do think there is an extra group, which, which I've talked about and that is the group that uses it to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I think that's a group that that goes un, under uh, under talked about because sometimes there are players that are, like just imagine if you could give Byron Buxton a shot and he could play 162 every year. Now, I am not saying that that is how steroids work and I'm even admitting that like uh, most steroids are are make injury make you more injury prone. But if you do ask players from the old steroid era, which is really all we have to go off of, right? Like we've got this, we can't really call this the steroid era, but we've got this new era of steroids in baseball and we have the old steroid era. So like from my research and talking to people from that era, you listen to guys that talk about how the pitcher, the pitchers brought it in. Everybody wants to get mad at the hitters because the hitters are who got caught. Well, they're the ones that you can see that you can see the HGH in their forearms. Like those are the guys you get pissed at. Right. And and the reality is that Roger Clemens was throwing 97 in September where a guy had never done that before. These guys were holding their velos throughout the season better than anybody else in the history of the game. And we couldn't combat that. So what do you do? You you can't beat them. You join. Um, And so I think that's kind of where it started. But I do think that that is a there is a group in there that says, hey, like, I don't I mean, sure, I'd love to play better, but I don't need to play better. I just need to be on the field. Um, And I kind of sympathize for that group. I wish there was something else you could have done or would have tried. But at the end of the day, you're still doing something that's going to take a job away from somebody. And that's how I feel about it. I've had a job taken away. I don't want to say I've had a job taken away from me. But what I will tell you is that in the best year of my minor league career, um, I didn't go to the major leagues and I think that I had a chance to, and there was always a healthy guy um, that was a veteran that was able to play and, and go up there. And um, he ended up having to serve a suspension after the year and admitting to taking stuff during the season to keep him on the field that year. Yeah. So, you know, anecdotally, I am a little, uh, I'm a little biased against them because of that. Um, 
but you know, I have friends that have served suspensions. I have very good friends that have served suspensions. So, um, you know, I am the last to judge every, every book by its cover. And I'm the last one to tell you that they're all the same. Um, there's plenty of interesting, um, you know, the, the Ryan Braun story is fascinating. Yeah. That saga that went down, um, with the UPS guy and, crazy how all that kind of stuff and i mean shit dude citing like ed like he thought he was helping ed like i don't buy that but i mean there were a whole bunch of different theories regarding the ryan bronze saga which were really weird and you know even tatis you hear ringworm and then you hear a, a bacterial infection from a haircut from his dad like i i think people are so embarrassed when they get popped now and I love that we have gotten to that point where a star player gets popped. All they can do is get really defensive. And, and I'm sure as a pro ball player where you did everything in your power to get up to the big leagues and you you were lucky enough to do it. But sometimes, like you say, you put all of your energy into this one thing. You felt like you deserved it and you didn't get it. Like the last thing that you need to hear is a guy that's really good getting defensive. And that's what happens with a lot of these stars that are being popped and a lot of these, you know, big leaguers that are being popped. Right. And and you've got these teams that are asked to that are asked to punish players in the league that is asking to punish players that you have just paid millions of dollars to, and they're gonna get off of that suspension and get their millions of dollars. Yeah. So I guess that- what's What's the level of remorse from the team? Like, how do you think the Padres, and then I want to get to the player perspective about Tatis in a vacuum. Like, how do you think the San Diego Padres feel about Fernando Tatis Jr. right now? I don't, I, I think they're, they're the, the, the steroid part of Fernando Tatis is absolutely out of their minds, in my opinion. Like, for me, from from my guess, from like looking at how teams treat this. And and I can't say that I believe like you're I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. Like this is like um you working for um you know Apple corporate and your sales manager cloning himself. Like or just randomly having the ability to make another hundred million dollars in sales. Like if he has to sit out a year you're going to be okay with it if the next year he comes back, he's making $100 million more million in sales every year. Like, these guys aren't – we're not sitting them out for a year and then they're losing all their benefits from steroids. Yeah. Padres are perfectly fine with the fact that he did it because he's going to be a solid player when he comes back. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's the part that's interesting is how do you – and, I, you know, we've talked about this and I don't know how you punish those guys. But what I'll tell you is that the worst part for them – shouldn't be looking their teammates in the face there should be something else that like you go dang man like that sucks yeah yeah and and i guess like the only thing that could make tatis feel that is you know maybe seeing fewer tatis jerseys at petco park when he's playing or, or fewer tatis jerseys when he's on the road right because there were so many of them and i i guess it's just you know, a numbers thing. Like, hey, I, I walk into a, you know, 40,000 fan ballpark at Wrigley Field. Chances are I was going to see a couple hundred Fernando Tatis Jr. jerseys when I was 22. And now that I'm 24, after this PED suspension, I see five and, and not a couple hundred. That's not maybe, the case. Maybe, but like, 
even if I'm a fan, if I'm a fan, like, yeah, I'm kind of mad they didn't play last year, but like, he's it's not like, it, it, it's not like football and basketball. And I, and I mean this in the nicest way, but like, you take steroids in those sports and you take steroids away from the guy that was on them, he is going to be a completely different player. Yeah. Uh, that's not the case in baseball. Guys aren't taking it to get massive. Sometimes they do. Sometimes that happens. But that is not what we're looking for when they do that. And so it's not like our game is going to change. So, like, if I'm a fan, I really don't have a reason to not like Fernando Tatis. I know he's going to be here the next 11 years. Um, I'm buying his jersey. Like, I'm still a fan. That doesn't bother me. Um, now, if he comes out and lies about it, if he comes out and, and does something like that, and now his his uh, we find out that like he's not a good person, okay, yeah. then I think maybe some people don't like him. But yeah, and, and I guess you know what percentage of the Padres and the and the Major League Baseball fan base equates a failed drug test, equates steroid usage to being a bad person. I think there's a group of fans that do equate steroid usage to being a bad person. And, and I think that, you know, people are going to do something that they deem moral where it's, Hey, I'm going to root against Fernando Tatis Jr. Because he cheated. He didn't play the game with integrity. Yeah. Uh, and, and I get that. I get the fan, but I also have heard many fans perspective. And I think I had this perspective when I was growing up before I, you know, interacted with players as, as often as I get the chance to where I said, who cares? It's an entertainment business. Like these guys are just right. maximizing their entertainment value. Yeah. I mean, that that's what I'm saying. I, I, if I'm a fan of a sport, like give them all the steroids. Like we were taught, we were like jokingly, but like kind of seriously, like we should give every single person in our military steroids. Like, why are we not just absolutely roiding out our soldiers? Like, just going into battle looking like freaking Mega Man. Yeah. Like, what? The, that's the biggest game of the year. Let's win that one. Yeah, that is the biggest game of the year. That's the biggest game of our lives. Um, yeah, man, I. that's like a fair point. And, and I want to go back to you making the note that, like, some guys take steroids in order to stay on the field, stay healthy. I'm thinking about maximizing human performance, right? Um, and the military, I think, is a great example of that. Jose Canseco wrote an autobiography that was published in 2005 titled Juiced. Did you ever read Juiced by Jose Canseco? Put it on your list. You know, a lot of it is like, hey, here's who I was. It was a party animal, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the premise is steroids, like how steroids altered my career, how steroids altered my life. And I thought the first 15 to 20 pages of that book were some of the most interesting pages that I've ever read because he pretty much spent the entire introduction telling you about how the right cocktail of this type of stuff can help you live the healthiest life you possibly can. Like it, it has your body firing on all cylinders in a positive way, and it's not going to kill you sooner. It's actually going to help you live a better life, which like, okay, I'll hear you out on it. Part of me doesn't believe you, but I also, you know, was not, educated i'm still not educated on the chemical compounds that go into living your best quality of life so i thought that that was a really interesting argument and i can see why some guys lean into that theory 
I definitely think that that is a real thing. I think there are for sure certain things that you can put into your system to make you a, a better human being, a, um, a, not a better person, but like a, a better uh, athletic human being. Yeah, it's like taking um, vitamins, man. It's like I think taking the right vitamin cocktail. Yeah, right, no doubt. There are for sure guys that do that. The other thing I'll tell you is I actually spoke with somebody that was a part of the big group that um, – when that whole thing happened with was it Nelson Cruz and Melky Cabrera and those guys yeah, and how there was a doctor and, and this doctor was telling them that, look, you're, which this is true. If you go get your testosterone checked, it, it trends up and down, right? Like it is not a flat line. Um, it is a, it is a rolling graph. And basically this doctor was telling them that he was going to give them a cocktail to make your graph stay at the top. It was not going to be rolling anymore that you were going to do this and it was going to put you at the top of your legal level. Um, so they, a bunch of guys went to this guy and trusted him and a bunch of guys got away with it for a long time until finally somebody got caught and it came out that this guy wasn't even a doctor. And that, um, that is a real theory, which is what he was telling you. But the reality is not, that's not what they were doing. They were putting their levels above where they needed to be and they were giving them an advantage uh, unlike most people in baseball. Yeah. Um, I don't think you should be able to have that kind of advantage. Um, but then again, man, like baseball was fun to watch with steroids too. Like I almost think like, let's just let, let's just let it go. Let's let it go. Everybody wild, wild west. Oh, yeah. I just, I disagree. And like, did you see Pedro Severino in Nashville last year? I did. I think you did. Yeah. So Pedro Severino was rehabbing from a suspension and rehabbing from a needle. That's what I called it. Yeah, pretty much like he he had a boo-boo. He needed to get the bandaid off from the needle, but um, you know, he was not taking human growth hormone. There are different types of steroids that have made their way through baseball and human growth hormone was the, was the huge one for bonds McGuire. And so, so like they are the ones that gave those guys Popeye forearms and made them look like beasts. Pedro Severino took something that was an estrogen enhancer. It's typically used by women to help increase fertility. That in turn, if a male takes it, is a testosterone booster. And that gives you more hormone. Like that just gets you more up, which, you know. Or I, or it was or it was the it was the um Mini Ramirez effect, and he was taking the estrogen booster that was um it was it was he was post cycle, so he was adding estrogen back into your body because you do that. Interesting. Yeah, you have to you have to do a you have to do a post cycle. So if you come off of steroids and you don't do it correctly, you get extremely ill. There are a lot of a lot of um, misconstrued ideas with steroids. Like one of them is that if you take steroids, you have to work just as hard, if not harder, than you did off of them, yeah. because all steroids are doing. It's putting more fat cells into your body in, in in the just the easiest way I can put it. It's putting more fat cells into your body that you have the ability to turn into muscle. So you can work harder and longer and you have the ability to make more muscle than you ever have. But if you're not doing that, if you're not working out and doing things the right way, you're just going to become fat. Yeah, you're just going to become right. big. Right. So it's not like uh, I'm going to take this and it's going to make me the best baseball player of all time. You still have to be a very talented worker. And, uh, you know, it might help you a little bit, but it doesn't help you a lot 
was C96. So, you know, you still got that's, you know, and that's always the argument for Barry Bonds. Well, you still got to hit it. And you do. You still got to hit it. And like yeah. you said, like, he's a Hall of Famer without it. Right? Arguably, he's still maybe the best of all time without it. We'll never know. And that's kind of a sad thing because I do think he is the best of all time. And the fact that he has this asterisk next to his name sucks. And unfortunately, that may be some of the narrative that we get to with a 38-year-old Fernando Tatis Jr. Because Fernando Tatis Jr. is 24 years old, man. He's got 273 big league games under his belt. This guy, you know, if you average those 273 over 162, he's hitting 290 with a 970 OPS, 48 homers, 31 bags, 116 driven in. Like, he was off to the best 250 game start that we have maybe ever seen in baseball like Alex Rodriguez maybe the I, only I, guy. I think he was I think if you look at his first 162 I really think it was the best first 162 you've ever seen and I I pose the question it's an it was an interesting question I've posed it twice now I've posed it before he got popped I said is this guy on pace like does he have a chance to be the best shortstop of all time like is this who we're talking about then he got tested positive and i said now are we still talking about a guy that could still be a consideration for the best of all time and i think immediately no like there's no way i don't care what he does in the next 12 years because i can't trust the fact that you're doing it clean the, the- and i think that's where it bug that's where it bugs me is like Let's bring the sticky stuff into it, too. It's a totally different way of cheating, and it's a totally smaller way of cheating, but it's cheating. And the way I feel about that is prior to it being suspended, it was kind of the unwritten rule. Like, we all knew that everybody used it, right? Just don't be egregious. Don't put it on your neck, right? The Pineda thing, right, yeah. Now, Now that it's been taken away, there is a totally different view Um, at least in my mind, against people that use it. Because once you have been put on that same playing field again, every pitcher was said no more. It's not like we went to a team and and the team said, hey, you guys got to stop throwing it. No. Every single team, we said every single pitcher has to stop using it. When that became the thing, it changed my mindset. And I really feel like if you're using sticky stuff again, you're cheating your neighbor. Yeah. And, and that's not right. Like, that's not, I'm sorry. Um, I, I get the arguments and, you know, so many pitchers are like, well, I use it cause I, it helps me know where the stuff's going and I got to use it so I can feel the ball. I'm not saying you're wrong, but here's what I'll tell you is that the aftermath of that, whether you want it to or not, is that your stuff got better. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you wanted it to or not. It do, You're not holding back. Your stuff was better with the stick. So I, I just that is one that I'll tell you that I like I feel for now is is that like now we're on his level playing field with steroids. Like you can't take it or you're cheating your you're cheating your neighbor. Yes. Um my thing with like the sticky stuff, I honestly it's pretty cut and dry for me. I don't view a sticky stuff guy as a cheater if you haven't done it post crackdown. Like it's in the back of my mind. He's a sticky guy, but yeah, we're 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 saying we're saying the same thing. We're saying the same thing. Yeah, like, exactly. I didn't care if you used or before the crackdown. Everybody used sticky. I'm good with it. Just don't be. Just didn't have. Don't have it on your neck. Um. But now, now that now that nobody can use it, 
me as a catcher or as a as a teammate, I don't like you using it for the other pitchers. I don't care that you use it when I'm hitting. I'm saying I think it's wrong to your fellow pitcher because you were asking him to do something wrong to be on your level. Yes. And, and the thing is, like, spider tech was not bad until it was. You know what I mean? Like, it totally. was just a competitive advantage. It was just being innovative and it was finding a way to get ahead. And I am all for guys that are innovative and find ways to get ahead. Garrett Cole found a way to get ahead. Um, and, you know, he he faced it like he was asked, did you use spider tack? And he said, I'm not sure how to respond to that. That means yes, that means he did. But he hasn't since. And guess what? Garrett Cole through four starts has a sub one. The guy's really good. I have no problem cheering for Garrett Cole. I have no problem being in awe of this guy's talents post sticky stuff because he hasn't done it again. Now, the one guy that I like do have an issue with is, um, was it Hector Santiago who got popped for the sticky stuff after the fact? Um, I, yeah, I mean, Hector Santiago got tested or got, uh, got popped like the very first day. Um, it, or maybe not the first day. It was early though. Like there's a couple guys. Yeah. I, you know, like I said, I just, I am against doing things that teammates be mad at you. We've talked about this with a few different guests. I'm sure we'll talk about it with a few more because I'm so passionate about it, but the best comment you can get from a player, another from another player, from a coach, is not for the best guy that they've ever played with. What everybody hunts is to the best teammate. That's what everybody in baseball wants. And by cheating your fellow teammate, you are not being a good teammate. So um, I think that just plays a role into it for me and how I look at it. Yeah. Last question for me on the Tatis thing. How does the clubhouse receive Fernando Tatis Jr.? Like, I'm talking at the tippy top with Machado and Soto and Xander. Xander knew to the fold, obviously. Soto thought that he was going to get Tatis back at the end of last year. He doesn't. Now he gets Tatis back. But then, you know, at the bottom, like, how do the relievers view Fernando Tatis Jr.? And how does a guy like... I don't know, Trent Grisham, who has played with the height of Tatis. How does he view Fernando Tatis? It's like, you know, overarching. How do the San Diego Padres as a team and a group of guys receive him when he comes back? Um, I think it all has to do with with the team and how he how he attacked that conversation. I think that'll be a big deal, a big thing, big part of how they take that will be how he started that first conversation. Um but, you know, we also talk about this, man. Like, we also only want to win. So, right now, that team really needs him to come into that, that locker room and win. And that might be much more of a conversation for another time or a conversation that happens prior to him coming back. Um, if guys are remorseful, if guys if guys act like they understand that it matters, I'd say that team's going to be okay with it. Because... To some players, and I'm not saying you're wrong in thinking this. It's just a guy trying to get to get forward to win more games, and you're trying to help me win in essence, right? Like, if you're a relief pitcher for the San Diego Padres, in no way is Fernando Tatis testing not testing positive affect you, right? Like, if he becomes the greatest player of all time and he stays a shortstop, you don't care. You're a relief pitcher; it's not affecting you, but it's going to affect Xander Bogarts. 
going to play short they get paid because if it's going to affect Trey Turner, those guys are going to be mad at him, right? Like, that's the group that doesn't like him. Um, I hope the Padres take him back. I hope he is mature about it, and I hope that it's an easy process for the Padres because I think that lineup needs him uh, if they want to win and want to win fast. Yeah. I mean, dude, he was hitting the shit out of the ball in El Paso. Eight games, he had a 1,200 OPS. He had seven homers in eight games, man. I mean, this dude was on a tear of all tears. We know how freaking good he can be. He struck out three times in 39 plate appearances. And I get like, hey, he's Tatis and triple, but like, that's an absurd clip. It really is. That's a Nick Madrigal clip. And oh, by the way, seven homers, nine extra base hits. Come on. That's not a Nick Madrigal clip. That's not a Nick Madrigal clip. But no, I mean, Tatis, we know he's generational when he's on the field. And now we'll be on the field. And uh, it's going to be a loaded conversation, but I'm glad that we had it, man. Sorry. Uh, he had an 1800 OPS, not a 1200. He slugged 1200. He hit 515 with a 590 on base and a 1200 slug in eight games. The decent guy to have in your lineup. That's all right. He he might enter the El Paso Chihuahuas Hall of Fame for that eight game for stretch. one series. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna enter the. I would enter the El Paso Chihuahuas Hall of Shame. I had a two-game span of an 0 for 7 with seven ground balls of shortstop, four of which were on national TV. I'll tell you what, man. In my life, there are a few things that I wanted to do less, and that's seventh at bat, than hit a ground ball to shortstop. But I'll tell you what I did. I hit a ground ball to shortstop. Hell yeah. Was that a AAA World Series? No, we never played the AAA World Series. That was uh, the one of the first years that we uh, – played in El Paso I think that was the first year I played in El Paso though they've just played a game on CBS for some reason interesting that's pretty weird but hey I'm sorry to hear that man yeah it is what it is <laughs> love it all right so we just ended the week with the steroid conversation we're gonna do uh NL bounce back guys on Tuesday Taylor enjoy the week my man always <laughs>